Welcome to Life Together, a podcast for Gresham Bible Church, where we exist to glorify God in being disciples who make disciples of all people through the transforming power of the gospel. This week's episode is about evangelism. Todd, Jordan, and I reflect on the book Evangelism as Exiles, Life on Mission as Strangers in Our Own Land. We discuss what evangelism is and why the language of sharing the gospel isn't really a helpful way to understand evangelism. I'd encourage you to engage with this discussion and to check out the resources in the show notes. Growing in evangelism is something for each of us and for all of us as a church. I hope you find this discussion helpful as we seek to faithfully proclaim and advance the gospel in our time and place. Church. On this week's episode, we are going to have a conversation, we meaning Jordan and Todd and I, about evangelism. And hopefully it's a helpful conversation for us as a church, giving us just teen up and framework for um, a prayerful desire that the elders all have that we continue to grow in our faithful evangelism as a church. So excited for the conversation. But before we do that, I wanted to put Jordan and Todd on the spot because it's 300 degrees in the community room as we're <laughs> recording and summertime's ahead of us. So brothers, what is your favorite summertime treat to cool off? Ice cream, mm. popsicle, shave ice. Do you have a certain like that was the pinnacle of a summer treat that you can remember? I have one to share too. That is on the spot. Yep. Uh, milk. What? No, I'm just kidding. It's not that <laughs> warm. Yeah, warm it is just really <laughs> temperature. Just in my mouth. Yeah. yeah. Um I mean, I've always loved and always will just a good chocolate frosty from Wendy's. Ooh. Those, those I doesn't matter when those will hit the spot when it's negative twenty outside in the winter. Um, but I, I definitely can remember times of like playing ultimate frisbee or whatever in the summers with high school buddies and like let's hit wendy's on the way home to get mm. a nice chocolate frosty yeah. that is a great answer that sounds delicious right now i let's pause and we'll be right back <laughs> yes todd how about you what's your favorite summer go-to summer. so my favorite dessert is marionberry pie okay yes. and, and i like that warm but cool i love ice cream yeah i love ice cream and mm-hmm. so I, I i really love dairy queen blizzards yeah so they are they're, delicious. They're this is a great discussion. Solomon, in all of his glory, <laughs> did not get to eat ice cream. You know what? A, what yeah. an incredible treat it That's is true. to eat ice cream. At least I don't think he did. I can't I, imagine. I'd be surprised. Would they so ice cream's amazing. I know it's so wonderful. Yes, yeah. yes. So I have to. I've never shared this with you. Real quick, my well, two things I'll say. One, my favorite is a few years ago. My favorite is homemade ice cream in the summer. And mm-hmm. Carrie just had a moment of inspiration. She made homemade vanilla ice cream. But also a moment of inspiration. Our family also loves Marionberry pie. Mm. She made a homemade Marionberry pie. This is like ultimate love for me. She put a piece of homemade Marionberry pie in the blender with her homemade vanilla ice cream and blended me a homemade ice cream, homemade Marionberry pie shake. Wow. Is that not like the pinnacle? Like, 
Isn't that amazing? That's awesome. Now that I'm saying it, she hasn't done that again in like 15 years. (laughs) So um, anyway. Does she listen to episodes of the podcast? No. I I guess she's not even going to know. This will find out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's great. Anyway. Yeah. Good to talk. uh, Summer treats. Frosty and uh, blizzards. Yum. All right. Well, let's jump into it. Talk about evangelism. So we're going to use a book uh, that we've all read recently. The elders have read it. Others have read it. Encourage our church to read it. Evangelism as Exiles, Life on Mission as Strangers in Our Own Land by Elliot Clark. Uh, So we're going to use that. But first, before we talk about it, so we're just going to bounce it around together. I thought I'd give us a working definition of evangelism and then just kind of enter the conversation from there. So uh, this book I'm going to recommend will be in the show notes. It's really short. It's in the nine marks like color crayon series or whatever it's called. (laughs) This one is Evangelism by Max Stiles, subtitle, How the Whole Church Speaks of Jesus. So what is evangelism? Stiles says that evangelism is teaching the gospel with the aim to persuade. Mm -hmm. So as we're going to talk about evangelism, the misconception I want to help us as a church make sure we don't fall into is that evangelism is just niceness Mm -hmm. or it's just how you live your life without words. And so a Stiles definition helps us avoid those even well-intended dangers and misconceptions. So again, his definition is evangelism is teaching the gospel with the aim to persuade. So thereby implying words out of your mouth to someone else of what the gospel is. So let's just kind of start the conversation. Like what has been a helpful way for each of you guys to think about evangelism and maybe some unhelpful or misconceptions that you've experienced or in your kind of life and ministry you've seen. So what is evangelism and also what is it not? Go. All right. Well, I'll start, I guess. I like, I like Max Stiles definition. I don't have a better one. I I do like the, with the intent to persuade. Mm -hmm. So I I think uh, just sharing the facts or telling the facts of the gospel without bringing it to a person, asking them to consider it. it, You've, I, you, you have not actually faithfully proclaimed the gospel until you present to them. So now what do you think? Mm-hmm. There, there should be, now, that doesn't mean that you have to say, so what do you think? But you have to teach it or preach it or share it or whatever word we want to use in such a way that there is a burden placed on that person. Yeah. N- not manipulation, not guilting, but Peter at Pentecost, when he preaches that first sermon, the response of the crowd was, you know, they're like cut to the quick. What must we do to be saved? Mm-hmm. They, they, they understood that they were obligated now to respond in some way. And so, so leaving that with a person that you've got to respond to this and you have to, you have to share it, teach it, speak it, whatever, in such a way that, that they understand there's an obligation. Mm-hmm. The, um, the, the most unhelpful way we were talking about a little before we started the recording is the, uh, the alleged St. Francis of Assisi quote, preach the gospel at all times when necessary, use words. And I would say you can't actually preach the gospel, share the gospel, teach the gospel, speak the gospel without words. Mm-hmm. It, it, is, it is by definition special revelation. It is words. You have not shared the gospel if you have not used words. You have Amen. not shared the gospel if you have not 
taught it, spoken it, shared it in such a way as they feel some sort of obligation. Mm -hmm. And, and then also I, I, so, so like, I'll say this in slight support of preach gospel all times when necessary use words. The the main point behind is don't be a hypocrite. Yes. And and, and so, yeah, I'm all in on that. Don't be a hypocrite. But that, that idea preach the gospel at all times when necessary use words, that's just pious nonsense. It it makes no sense. Um, and it never works. And Francis of Assisi never said that. And Francis started a preaching order in the <laughs> Roman Catholic Church. By the end of his life, he was preaching to birds. And people asked him, what are you doing that for? And he said, I, I should have been doing this all along. At least they listen. Wow. Right? So, so he was a preacher. <laughs> he, he was a preacher. He never said that. He, wow. he would have thought that was ridiculous. Yes. Um, and then, so I've got a story. Please uh, about this. share. My, my, my roommate, my sophomore year of, of college, uh, had, he, he told me about this whole idea of preach the gospel without words, uh, or, or preach the gospel all times when necessary use words. And he said, so he's in high school. It's like a junior, senior in high school. And he goes, that, that's what I'm going to do. And he had this friend that he had kind of targeted, um, um, and, uh, an acquaintance of sorts who he must not have known him super well, but he just, he befriended him and loved on him and was super kind to him. And, and he goes, but the guy never, he never asked any questions. He just kind of took what I was giving and was appreciative, said, thank you. Mm. But he just wasn't moved at all. And, and, and then we, we, they each went off to college for a year and the guy comes back, um, this friend of my roommates, after being away at college for a year, they meet up in the summer and, and this friend of his is like really geeked to share the gospel with him. He's like, he starts wow. sharing, preaching the gospel to him. And, and when my friend's name was when, um, he, he was Vietnamese. He said, uh, what do you, uh, I, I, I'm a Christian. <laughs> I know that. Really? How long have you been a Christian? I was a Christian all through high school. And, and it's like, I, I, I was, I was trying to lead you to Christ. Remember how nice, remember all that stuff? Yeah. And he goes, why didn't you ever tell me? I just thought <laughs> yeah. you were being nice to me. Yeah. Wow, Todd. Why didn't you ever, why didn't you tell me this? I, huh. I wasted a year of my life not pursuing Christ because uh, that. So anyway. That's good. That's, that's my a story. powerful story. Yeah. Yes. I, I wish it was my own, but it's, it, it was my roommates. <laughs> Jordan, how about you? What's been a helpful way to think about evangelism or maybe even some unhelpful type stuff? Yeah. I, piggybacking off of Todd, you have to, you have to preach it. You have to speak it. I think you should expect a dialogue in doing it. I think sometimes we just feel like we need to, okay, I shared that Jesus is God and he was perfect and he died for your sins and rose from the dead. And do you believe that? And that's good. Like, Expect a dialogue. I think you need to understand where people are coming from. We need. We don't have to be theological experts. Of we're always scared. What if they ask me something I don't know? Uh, when students ask me that, I say, "Well, if you don't know the answer, say I don't know. Let's find the answer together." And I've never in my life heard anybody say, "You tell me now, or we never talk again." They're like, <laughs> a lot of times they'll be like, "Oh." Well, I'm impressed at your humility that you don't know everything and, you know, you'll figure it out together. So expect dialogue, take their questions. It's okay. It's okay if you don't have all the answers. Um, I think another thing too, kind of a misconception, and I think this is important and can be a useful tool, is just sharing your testimony is not sharing the gospel or preaching the gospel. I think when we can put our own experience into how Jesus has changed our lives, that it, it can make it more real, especially to people who know us. But there still needs to be 
maybe within your testimony, a proclamation of the gospel or more on top of it. So um, I think that, you know, even with our students, I'm, I'm having them work right now on being able to share their testimony for our Sacred Road mission trip. But I want them to be able to share their story so that they then can transition to the gospel message. Preaching the gospel is different than sharing your testimony. That's mm-hmm. really, really helpful. Um, yeah, just been reflecting on, I spoke to a little bit earlier, but just kind of walk it back or unpack it. Like the intent of this podcast, the elders have been thinking and praying and honestly feeling convicted about so goes an elder team, so goes a church and each of us individually feeling more and more burdened to grow as faithful, um, evangelists. And I don't mean that with some of the maybe, you know, negative baggage that comes on with that or misconceptions, but faithfully saying with words who Jesus is in the gospel. And so uh, we have a desire uh, for our church to grow in this. So that's why we're we're talking about it. It's just so interesting, all that kind of comes along with evangelism. Um, yeah, and, and how some of the motives are, are played to in that. So uh, let's hone in on the book. Again, Evangelism as Exiles by Elliot Clark. There's a lot of places we could go, but maybe kind of his big idea is that it matters how we view ourselves. He's using First Peter and walking through, seeing us as exiles, right? Mm-hmm. So um, maybe let's kind of bounce around his um, the posture in which he's entering towards evangelism in from his own experience Um in uh, being a missionary in hard places where persecution is on the table. So how would you guys say from maybe reading the book or just kind of processing it, um, how is it helpful uh, viewing ourselves or understanding ourselves as exiles or sojourners? Like how does that matter for one's evangelism? Like how the book connect with you along those lines, helpful or not just thoughts? Yeah, I'll, I'll start. The, um, uh, the the idea of being in exile means that we're, we're not at home, mm-hmm. yeah. right? And and I think one of the big uh, hindrances to our uh, our personal evangelism is um, bringing unsettledness or difficulty into our lives, um, and it, which you know what happens if I share the gospel with someone and they don't like it or they make fun of me or they reject it or they reject me or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, when we have a paradigm of that, that we're exiles here, that we're never going to be at home and we probably are betraying something if we start to feel so much at home. Um, well, I, 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 I think that's, that's a helpful paradigm. Um, I also like Paul's um, imagery in 2 Corinthians 5 about us being ambassadors Amen. as well. I think that's a really helpful one because there you're, you're kind of an exile, but you're also an empowered exile mm-hmm. where you are, you are, um, are promoting the values of your true home in the land that you have been assigned. And so I I think there are a lot of analogies in the scriptures that it takes a little bit of historical context for us to understand they're anachronistic or they're dated. But when Paul talks about an ambassador in 2 Corinthians 5, 
and what he meant by ambassador is pretty much how we understand in the 21st century to, an ambassador to be. Yes. I, I think that's also a helpful oh, yeah. uh, paradigm. I appreciate you bringing that out, that exile isn't the only way to understand this. Um, um, yeah, seeing how the New, New Testament describes us. Um, yeah, Jordan, how about for you? Yeah, I, I, our love for world, this present world so often supersedes our love for God's kingdom. And it's easy to be caught up in the trappings of this world because, you know, there's good stuff here because a good God created it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, uh, so it, it's easy to fear the loss of uh, the things we enjoy and, uh, you know, just even what we do with our regular time of are we more concerned with understanding God's word and preaching it to others? Or are we more concerned with, you know, the inner workings of the roster of the 2023 trailblazers or, uh, <laughs> I never would. That is important that to talk about. It is. Yeah. It is a worthy topic. Yes, yes, it is. Uh, or, you know, are we more concerned with our status amongst our friends and family and at work and politically, you know, Oh, we don't have the same political headway that we did in the past as Christians. And we got to fix that. And instead of having an understanding, well, okay, God's still in control of this world mm -hmm. and this world isn't what it's supposed to be. And we know that there's a hope for something so much more. And instead of making sure everybody has an understanding of that hope, it's like we keep it to ourselves as like mm -hmm. a hope to just help us persevere and not a hope to bring others to it. Yeah. And so when we understand that paradigm, like Todd said, that this isn't, this isn't where we belong. This isn't our home. Then it changes everything. I, he had one story. He has lots of stories, Elliot Clark of being in a, a Muslim mission field. Uh, I think it was a 22 year old kid uh, named Mustafa who uh, was sitting at a, a Bible study with a bunch of older guys who were kind of just talking about the nice platitudes of sharing the gospel, but not not like really being bold and preaching it. And because, you know, they don't want to be they, there. They're actually being beaten and stoned and arrested mm -hmm. and stuff like that. We don't have that here. And uh, the kid didn't really say anything and finally was like, well, I just look to Jesus' words. I'm fully expecting I'm going to be insulted and beaten mm -hmm. and things like that. And so... I'm never surprised or disappointed when it happens to me because Jesus said that would happen, but he also said that I have to tell them. So it's like, like if we just had an understanding of uh, we're scared that these things might happen to us. Well, Jesus said, yes, those things will happen to us mm -hmm. that will be mm -hmm. insulted and ostracized and stuff. But what's more important, the one insult or someone thinking you're weird or someone hearing the life-changing message of what Jesus has done for them. Yeah, amen. amen. Yeah, I really appreciate his stories in the book. They're helpful, encouraging, motivating, all of it. So um, one thing I just want to throw out on the podcast, for those that read the book, A, I'd encourage you to, would love to hang out and talk about it with you. But specifically thinking about our health as a local church family is Clark does a great job kind of calling out, then lovingly addressing a Christianese that we all use. I use it sharing the gospel. We've used it on this podcast yep. already. Yep. We have. So I want to focus us, uh, page 94 on, um, in his book chapter is called declaring his praises for those that want to orient them, orient themselves to it. And he talks about the problem with merely, you know, quote unquote, sharing the gospel. He talks about how that phrase or even idea really isn't in scripture. So, you know, challenge yourself, see if you can see otherwise, but it's not. And then he does a really 
gracious pastoral work in unpacking how when we use that language, it actually develops like an ecosystem or false perception of what evangelism actually is, that it's sharing like when all the circumstances are right for you, when you feel comfortable with it, it's only if someone asks you exactly, and it's Mm -hmm. not to say people won't ask you for the reason for the hope that you have, but he pushes against this kind of false idea I think a lot of us have of what evangelism is and we equate it with sharing the gospel. Um, Let me read just a little bit here for us uh, talking about, um, you know, that phrase or that idea, sharing the gospel. Uh, he, He makes a great point. He says, this isn't just one way we talk about evangelism. It's almost the only way we talk about it. And I believe this lack of clarity is more than an issue of semantics. He goes on to say, because that's basically the way, the only way we talk about evangelism. Therefore, our description is overly simplistic. It lacks precision and nuance. And when that becomes our default instruction to simply say, share the gospel, we fail to convey the attitude, approach, and authority necessary for the act itself. Thus, what started as a subtle change in terminology results in a massive shift in our whole ethos of evangelism. There's more that I could say. He does a great job, um, you know, talking about that. But that just has got me thinking over the last few weeks in my life, maybe how that has had unintended consequences and how I what I understand evangelism to be. Um, So I would just refer us as a church to the whole book, but to that section, especially on page 94 on. uh, And I bet you would find it convincing and compelling as well towards evangelism. Like mm-hmm. how did that sit with you guys? Did that support um, an idea or truth about evangelism you already have? Did that challenge you in certain ways? Just thoughts? Yeah, it challenged me. Um, I mean, he even goes down just a couple of paragraphs after what you read. We must ask ourselves then whether casual Christianese of sharing the gospel has influenced the way we view the gospel mandate We must consider why we're only willing to speak the gospel when we perceive openness on the part of another. We must ponder whether we even have a category for proclaiming a message that people oppose, one that's innately offensive, or do we tiptoe through polite spiritual conversations and timidly share our opinions, then call it evangelism? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. You know, every time the gospel is preached in Acts from the first time Peter and the disciples do it to Paul, in front of the emperor, it's done so boldly and it's, it's not sharing it's, it is preaching um, because that, that's what it is. I think a lot of times when we think of the word preach, we only think of one of us up there on a Sunday, Sunday giving morning. the sermon, yep. Yep. but going back to second Corinthians five, we're all ambassadors of Christ. Yep. We're, we're carrying forward. We're ministers of reconciliation. He goes a little bit farther in second Corinthians yep. five. And part of that ministry is the preaching of the gospel. And so, yeah, again, I think it goes back to we just a lot of times we just want to do the bare minimum if we do anything at all. We can say, I, I, I talked about Jesus with someone or like I was nice to the cashier and said, God bless you or something. And like that counts in some sort of way that it, it's, it becomes a maybe it's just me, but I feel like I've done that. It becomes a legalistic check mark for us that at least I at least I did my part or whatever. And it's like now it's yeah. it's so much different than that. Um he had just one more line on the next page too about it. Far more than just sharing, evangelism involves testifying to Christ, warning, persuading, defending, pleading, and calling. Mm-hmm. Like there's so much 
at stake when we're sharing, preaching, speaking the gospel. And if we don't understand the magnitude of what's happening when we do that, then I don't know if the person on the receiving end will understand the magnitude of the message they're hearing. Yeah, amen. Isn't it interesting? Sometimes when we hear that, we think, oh, does that mean we're called to be jerks for Jesus? And that's not at all. We're to do it with gentleness and respect to adorn the gospel, but sharing is kind of selling short what -hmm. the Bible calls us to do and be. Um, Yeah, I think it's a thought worth reflecting on Mm -hmm. for each of us individually and for our church. Like, do we have some false um, understandings, misconceptions, incomplete understanding of what we're called to be um, in proclaiming the gospel? So, yeah. Um, One other thing I just wanted to highlight for the book, for those that are kind of thinking about this, maybe you've been thinking and praying about evangelism for those in community groups. That's been a key theme, right? Is we want to talk about that. We want to think about some non-Christians in our lives and, and share their names and be praying for them to come to know Jesus. So we want to grow as a church in evangelism. Uh, Probably a lot of people have heard this before, but uh, later in that same chapter, Clark on about page 102 talks about how a key part of our proclamation of the gospel is praise. And he goes on to basically talk about, you know, John Piper famously said, you know, um, uh, missions exist because worship does or missions mm-hmm. doesn't exist. It does exist. Not. Yeah, it does not because worship doesn't. So mm-hmm. so evangelism mission is about worship in our hearts. And so uh, there's a quote here on page 103. Clark writes, so it's obvious our gospel silence isn't because our mouths are broken. It's because our hearts are. Because if we worshiped God as we should, our neighbors, coworkers, and friends would be the first to hear about it, meaning the gospel. It's like, wow. <laughs> so evangelism, the uh, opportunity in front of us is it's a worship opportunity to see that our lives are really fully captured by the worth and majesty of Jesus. And if that's the case, then out of the overflow of our hearts, our mouths speak, then we'll be speaking this gospel mm-hmm. message. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, how about for you guys, what have been some helpful truths, passages to be faithful evangelists, to grow in your evangelism? It's kind of a unique question because Todd, you're employed by a seminary and now by a church, (laughs) Jordan, you're employed by a church. Your story has been, you know, student ministries. Now I'm employed by a church. So if we're not careful, we could be talking a lot about it, but not being about it. So like, how has evangelism, what does it look like in your life? What have been some key truths, things that you go back to that just help you understand what it is or not? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll, I'll, please, I'll, I'll, I'll play. Go for it. Uh, <laughs> so I'm, I'm pretty convinced that evangelism is a spiritual gift. Mm. And, and I've been around people who have the gift of evangelism and I am not one of them. <laughs> I, I would say that. And, and, but, but I think it's also important that, that I follow that up by saying, but in, in order to be faithful, I still have to do it. Mm-hmm. Right. Good word. Um, I'm, I don't necessarily think I have the spiritual gift of giving. I think giving is a spiritual gift. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because I don't have it doesn't mean that I don't give. Right. So I, I try to be as faithful as I can 
um, to always have the gospel on my lips. And that doesn't mean that I'm going to make it all the way through the bridge illustration with everybody that I meet. <laughs> I've never actually made it all the way through a bridge illustration, yeah. um, which is the my campus ministry when I was in college, the navigators, that was their approach to understanding the gospel and, and sharing it. Um, I've tried. I've sat down with many people and I've got the piece of paper out there, the napkin or whatever, and I want to and I want to draw out the bridge. And they they I've never made it through. They always ask questions and it's always frustrating. I'm like, would you please, just for once, yeah. just for once, let me get through this entire thing. <laughs> um I've never done that. Uh what I try to do though is I try to every time I meet somebody new, I want to make some sort of identification with Jesus within the first like two or three minutes. Mm. And and for me, that's easy. And maybe that's the Lord's gift to me. I'm sure it's the Lord's gift to me because he knows how pathetic I am otherwise, <laughs> but it's pretty easy to make an identification with Jesus when I'm around guys, because what do guys talk about? They talk about sports. They talk about what they do. Yeah. yeah. What do you do? I, I, I mean, yeah. th that's always going to come up. It feels like one of those two things. And, and so for me, I'm able to just say, Hey, I, I, I teach at a seminary. Um, I train pastors and, and, um, I teach theology and, 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 and I can, I, 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 I can mention the gospel, at least the word gospel right off the bat. And and that that is at least an introduction. I've identified myself with Christ in the church. And and or, you know, like I like if I were meeting someone new and and I I, I would say I'm and I'm a I'm a I'm a pastor at at Gresham Bible Church. Or I would say I, I'm a member at Gresham. I'm also a member at Gresham Bible mm -hmm. Church. I, I want to make. It, I, I would say one of those things. It, it, I want to make some sort of identification with Christ the first time that I meet somebody, yeah. uh, because then at least they know what to expect from from that point on. Um, and 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 then it's it's just a matter, honestly, of guts. And I'm, you know, I, I enjoy preaching. I'm so grateful to Gresham Bible that that I can. That, that I that I get to preach as often as I do. I, I love it. It's much easier for me to talk to a big group of people than it is to one individual. Yep. Way easier. Um, and I'm I'm far bolder in front of a group of people than I am with an individual. Um, and I'm at least self-aware. And so I'm fighting that mm -hmm. all the time. That's really helpful. Um, and, and I try to say something. I, uh, well, I'm not always going to make it through the bridge. And, and, and it might fall into that category of sharing without, I haven't gotten to the altar call yet. <laughs> I haven't obligated a person, but, it, but um, um, it, you know, it, it, like you said, it's going to take time. Yeah. Um, and and so, sometimes you've only got, you know, you, you, you meet someone for five minutes. Um, and, and maybe, and I want to take some of the pressure off a little bit here, maybe just that identification with Christ and, and you were kind, right? Maybe that's the God appointed role in your life at that one moment with that chance encounter with an individual where you were kind and they, and you have identified yourself with Christ. And then God is going to use that later on. Yep. That should not be your whole evangelism strategy, but maybe that's all in one moment. God, God expects you. So at yeah. least do that. Yeah, at least do helpful. that. Um, but then I'm, I'm, I recognize that that it's it's not as easy for me. So I'm at least self-aware, and so for me, it's like a gut check. Mm. It, it is it is a gut check. Um, and and Jordan, I suspect that you're going to share the thing that you say about fear of man in oh, just yeah. a moment. I won't steal that from you, but that's <laughs> from super, the book. It's not mine. <laughs> yes, but still, but 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 that's super helpful. Um, 
And so I'm consciously thinking, fighting, okay, I know my inclination. And in order to be faithful, I, I, I can't do that. Um, and so I'm going to, I'm going to try and, and it's never actually cost me anything. Yeah. That's yeah. the shocking thing. Yep. Evangelism in my life has cost me nothing. Yeah. Uh, when I'm faithful, yeah. <laughs> I imagine all these like bogus costs, but it's never like actually sharing the gospel, preaching the gospel, teaching, whatever word you use, it's actually never cost me anything that I care that much about. Mm -hmm. um, and so then I think, well, shame on me for being scared the next yeah, time. I'll tell you. You know? yeah. yeah, thank you. Jordan, how about you? Yeah, so Todd alluded to chapter two of this book really hit me of... Uh, Elliot Clark says it's actually, you know, fear is the biggest reason why people say they don't share the gospel. Well, I'm too scared to do it. And he says, actually, I think fear is lack of fear is the biggest reason why we don't share the gospel. And you know, well, what does that mean? He says, because we fear man, we don't fear God. And if yeah. we feared God, meaning not we're scared that God's going to throw a lightning bolt at us, but that we respect and honor, hallowed be thy name from the Lord's prayer, mm. that if we actually understood what it means to love and respect God and what he's he's called us to do, then the fear of man would be so small and insignificant. Then why would we not share with other people? Mm -hmm. And I think that's, yeah, I'm convicted by that. It, and not just when it comes to evangelism. I mean, and other things too, of just how we live our lives. We're so scared of what people around us think. Um, we live in Oregon and Washington competes of the most unchurched state in the country in America. They have for like the last, I don't know, in the, incep the inception of these states. And so, you know, we live in a, a super progressive, not really open to Christianity area, but nobody's stopping us on Sunday mornings from going to, to church and hearing God's word or us having conversations about it or anything else. And so, you know, it's, you start to stop and think of like, what am I actually scared of? I'm with you, Todd. I, I've, I've shared the gospel with people who were super antagonistic with Muslim friends in mm -hmm. high school or whatever. And we might come at a point that they don't agree. They're not going to follow that. But it's not like they're like, I'm never talking to Jordan again. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's like yeah. one of my closest friends since elementary school. I don't know how many times I've shared the gospel with him. And uh and I mean, like point of pleading with him of, yep. man, you got to believe this. And, mm -hmm. and him of acknowledging like, yeah, I get what you're saying. It's right. The, the holdup for him was uh, his dad tragically passed away from a heart attack when we were in middle school. Mm -hmm. And uh, his dad was Buddhist. He was raised Buddhist. And he said, if I say that Jesus is real, that means my dad's in hell and I can't do that. Mm -hmm. And it's like, mm -hmm. wow. But so I'm not going to stop though. Like mm -hmm. he knows the truth, but, and he hasn't, even when I bring it up again, and I don't do it as often now because I don't see him all the time, but he won't say like, hey, stop talking about this. He's mm -hmm. like, man, I get it. Thank you for, uh, you know, caring to tell me about it. But I just, I'm not at that place yet. And so I, yeah. well, I'm not going to give up. So um, anyways, yeah. So I think we need to check ourselves of what do we actually fear? What do we revere mm -hmm. most in life? Um, I think another thing too that helps us just understand, I, I am also not gifted at evangelism. My first job out of Christian college was student evangelism specialist is what I was hired. You sound like an assassin yeah, or something. By the yeah, North yeah. American Mission Board that I went around to churches in the Northwest and would train students on personal evangelism. And it's like, why am I doing this? But it's <laughs> right. what, you know, and, you know, there's some good stuff within that that I think is applicable to all of us. Most of the people we're going to share, not share, we're going to preach the gospel. Thank today. you. Well done. There we go. <laughs> Is, uh, is people we know. I mean, that's yeah. going to be the mm -hmm. most common context of yeah. someone you have a relationship mm -hmm. with. So, you know, relational evangelism is a big movement of that, of 
people have to trust you before they'll trust Jesus. Yeah, I think that's true. I Odds are it's not going to be the first time you meet someone that you're preaching the gospel to someone. It's going to be a relationship builds up. But if you're waiting for the sky to part and a bright light mm. to flash down and like mm. you get a text message of like, I hope you're sharing the gospel right now. It's like, Oh, that's the sign to do it. It's never going to happen. I mean, there, there, there does, does have to be guts on our part at some point to do that. And I think what helps us to, to break past that and what helps me is, is just really loving people. Um, we we are so divided and have such a culture of otherness, not just in America, but even within our churches, that until we see people the way God sees them mm. as ones that he desires to be with him, there's nothing he wants more than for his crown jewel of creation to be reconciled and, and with him. If I see broken people the way I see myself as a broken person and recognize that person needs Jesus' love and forgiveness as much as yeah. I do, then it changes my perspective of being willing to talk to someone. And I suspect we all have people that we think, yeah, I mean, I would I would never be the person to, to speak the gospel to mm-hmm. that person's life. And it's like, if we have that at all, first of all, God, please eliminate that from our hearts. Mm-hmm. But if, if we change our worldview of everyone around us is in the same spot. We all need Jesus. We're not more special Mm -hmm. because we figured it out or whatever. It wasn't us figuring it out. It was God calling us to him and us saying yes. And um, so I just think if we can, there's that Brandon Heath song that came out when in like 2007, something like that. Give me your eyes Mm -hmm. where the chorus is, Give me your eyes. Can you so, sing that for us yeah, right now? Yeah. <laughs> it's give me your eyes for just one second. Give me your eyes so I can see everything that I keep missing. Give me your love for humanity. Hmm. And it's like, if we saw the world that God did as people who need this message, that need this gospel, then I think it makes the um, the importance and the uh, immediacy of us doing it kind of on the forefront. And the, and I'm look, I am not saying that I'm someone that like I am sharing the gospel left and right, sp- preaching the gospel left and right. Man, I got to change that vernacular. <laughs> 30 days to change a habit. Uh, preaching the gospel to like every person I come in contact with. No way. Um, but it, I do try to have a, a worldview of, you know, even the guy that cuts me off in traffic of like, that guy needs Jesus just as much as I mm. do or whatever. And so it, I can at least pray that I hope somebody preaches to that guy, mm. even if it's not me. Yeah. Yeah. I love this conversation. I just keep finding myself thinking and praying individually and for us as a church to, to grow and just being faithful witnesses, um, for, for Jesus in our time and place. And yeah, just a few encouragements. I just want to share, um, personally, and then hopefully it, it encourages us as a church. So, um, we're not trying to heap shame too many times. We have conversations about evangelism and then we Mm -hmm. all know our deficit. We Mm -hmm. all know, oh man, you know, so that's not the place we're coming from here, but an encouragement is to be specifically praying for opportunities to speak the gospel into people's lives. And I know we know this, but like God answers that prayer. Mm. Uh, Rob Strickland, I hope it's okay for me to share this, but uh, (laughs) Rob and I were talking recently and he started praying that prayer and no joke, I think it was the day or the two days after he started praying that God gave him an opportunity. Hmm. And so it's just like, if we're all praying that as a church, it'd be really cool to know your brothers and sisters in Christ are praying that. And then to share with each other, the opportunities that you have um, to speak the gospel uh, to someone's life. So really cool. 
And then two quick encouragements for us as a church. This will, again, will be an ongoing conversation, something that we can be praying about that we grow in as a church. I want to encourage us as a church. Part of our key gospel witness is that a healthy church adorns a gospel and advances the gospel for the sake of evangelism. So when we talk about as a church, being a healthy church family, we talk about membership matters. We're seeking to be faithful that, um, helps us and serves the advancement of the gospel. So that's not a side issue for making Jesus known. So I just want to make sure we have that as a category. And then one other thing I just loved in this book, um, uh, in the same chapter, we're talking about declaring his praises, um, you know, kind of riffing off of first Peter declaring, you know, his, his excellencies. Uh, and he has a section on to help us grow in evangelism is that we actually delight in the gospel. And so I want to encourage us as a church to be praying for each other, talking about it. This isn't something we have to do. We do, but it's something we get to do. Mm-hmm. And to the degree that you're delighting in the gospel is a degree that you are going to speak it. And just like, that's true. And so I want to encourage us as a church to grow in delighting in the gospel. And when we do that, um, it's going to come out of us, you know, and what we speak and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, I just wanted to have a conversation about evangelism, using that um, to help us as a church mm-hmm. to be talking about it and hopefully seeking to grow uh, more faithfully in it. So can yeah. I say one more thing? Please. Just that just by word of encouragement is, is to recognize that, that you're part of a team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, amen. and that uh, it it doesn't all ultimately depend upon you, and uh, so invite people Good to word. church too. Um, and now, I, I suspect that that you're going to have to articulate the gospel uh, w- with your friends. But if initially you're not quite as comfortable with that, then at least invite them to church. I, I promise you that that when uh, the the message comes. And, and of course, the, the singing and the prayers are all very evangelistic mm-hmm. as well, right? They're they're yeah. all specifically chosen and and worded. Um, but but I, I know I, I might have said this earlier, but I, I I want all the people of GBC to know that uh, that they can invite their friends to church, and 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 I promise you they will hear the gospel articulated. Yeah, um, and and I also. I, try really hard to speak specifically to unbelievers every single sermon. Um, and, and then if, if, so the Lord may use that, but the Lord may also use you then talking with your friends afterwards. Hey, uh, Todd, uh, Mike, they talked directly to you at one point. What did you think about that? You know, that might be an opportunity too. So, so, so I just, I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I usually say at the beginning of every sermon, if if you don't understand yourself to be a Christian, then I want you to listen for this. Um, I, I'm doing that for the people who aren't Christians, but I, I'm also for, for those of us so we'll know that Todd's going to talk to my un, my, mm-hmm. my unbelieving friends that, that I maybe invite. So yes. anyway, Great point. you're part of a team. Yeah. You're part of a team. That's good. Amen. And yeah. it's God who ultimately <clears throat> does the work too. Yeah. yeah Amen. We, we can't save people ourselves, but we need to bring the message of salvation to those people. Yeah. Yeah. And that, yeah, again, we could talk about this for a long time. I love this conversation. Uh, too many times evangelism in, in my life has meant like, um, quote unquote success. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. So evangelism is not if someone comes to faith in Jesus, based on what I shared with them, evangelism is being faithful mm-hmm. to speak Jesus. The outcome is God's not mine to yeah. bring. And yeah. so that's super helpful. Um, 
yeah, hopefully there's a helpful discussion for us as a church. If this brings up anything, uh, we'd love to talk with you about it. And specifically, I'll just say this as a placeholder for future conversation from my experience and working in the business world. My heart goes out to those, you know, um, who most of your life is in the workplace and mm-hmm. Sundays you're sent, but then Monday morning gets there and it's like, well, okay, what does this mean in my life? I'd love to have conversations with you. And I would just encourage you to leverage our time and place where the conversation is to bring your your full authentic self to work. Well, Christian brother, sister, that means you get to bring the gospel to work. And so mm-hmm. I would just encourage people like to be thinking and praying about God's sovereign. And he has us here at this time and place for a reason. And it's to advance the gospel. So anyway, yeah. Last thing real quick, talking everybody's ear off on this podcast. Um, few resources to recommend. I shared this on a, a recent uh, different episode. Summer's a great time to hang out, be with your Christian friends and include non-Christian friends in your life too, and a great time to read. And if um, you want to be growing in your evangelism, some books and resources to check out this summer, of course, is the book we've been referring to. One is Evangelism as Exiles by Elliot Clark. Again, what we've been talking about, a few other quick books I'll speak to, and you'll see it in the show notes notes is Before You Share Your Faith by Matt Smethurst. Great book. Another book, Evangelism by Max Stiles. Short, clear, compelling. Um, A book I would encourage you to read if you're kind of wrestling with, okay, what does this mean if it's God's work uh, in our evangelism, then why do I even share my faith? Great book by J.I. Packer, Mm -hmm. Evangelism and the Sovereignty of God. And then a few other books I'll refer to. And then lastly, as you're out and about this summer, going on a hike, working in the yard, you want something good to listen to that's a lot better than this podcast, uh, we'll put in the show notes. There was a recent Nine Marks conference here in Portland hosted by Hinson, and the theme was evangelism. And mm-hmm. some of us from GBC went. It was powerful. It was really helpful. So we'll throw the links in there, encourage you to listen to it and talk with each other about that as well. So thank you, GBC. Uh, let's be praying that we're growing as faithful um, evangelists in our time and place and speaking, not just sharing the gospel. So, um, all right. Love you, GBC. Until next time. Thanks. Thanks.